Coming up, psychedelics, high magic, and effluvium. California knows how to party, and so do we, on this very special episode of Kiss the Goat. I'm Cootie. And my name is X, and welcome to another episode of... Kiss the Goat. It's a historic day for this little show of ours. This is our tenth episode. (laughs) We finally made it up to the double digits. Soon we'll hit puberty and start rebelling against our parents. We may even start experimenting with sex and alcohol. You can't come in my room! I learned it from watching you! This is the news! (laughs) No... The news is after the first break. Oh, well, maybe we should introduce the episode. We are. Really? Oh, well, carry on then. (laughs) On this episode, we're going to wind up our season of The Witch with a movie that takes its witchery seriously. Mostly seriously. There's some craziness involved here, too. Hang out with us, your favorite demonic duo, as we charge our way through 1971's Simon, King of the Witches. But first, something we like to call our first break. Hey, Cherish. It's 8 o'clock. Is it time to get the show on the screen or what? Do you enjoy watching films with friends? Do you like to consume vats of alcohol? It's the 40s and some bitches, baby. Yeah. Me? I like beer. If you like all that and none of those artsy-fartsy films... Does this mean we don't get to go to the Fellini Festival? Fuck the Fellini Festival? (laughs) Then watch and listen to Two Drink Minimum Commentaries. Every Wednesday, myself and a rotating panel of the filthiest podcasters I can muster up... Give you our comments, observations, and sometimes we might actually talk about the film as we class up some of your favorite films the only way we know how, as raunchy as we can. What's this movie, PG? Oh, yeah. This podcast is fucking... Not only do you get the audio, but the video that goes with it. Just listen to the shit that comes out of these filthy pirates. (laughs) You don't need to get an erection when your cock's full of rigor mortis. (laughs) Fucking curb stomp a baby for a bacon <laughs> I think the moral of the story is don't let Corky run Cerebro Unforgivable If you could stand all that, come and get your fill and your fix of Two Drink Minimum Commentaries All the cool kids are doing it Two Drink Minimum Commentaries is a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network Not getting the coverage of TV horror from the other podcasts out there? Then look no further than Evil Episodes Podcast, where we'll give you the in-depth coverage of all the best and the worst that the small screen has to offer. Oh my god, you're hearing just about the big screen? Listen to the small screen here on Evil Episodes, Mike, Corey, and Jamie. Man, we're going to make things weird for you and just uh, bring to you everything that you don't hear about that you should be watching on TV. Jamie, give us some examples. Uh, well, how about we talk about new stuff like American Horror Story or The Walking Dead or this this season's Sleepy Hollow. Uh, but then not only that, we dig into old stuff like Tales from the Dark Side and Supernatural. Holy moly. 
that sounds like a fun fucking podcast to me. You bet your sweet ass it does. And Jamie, where's the only podcast where they can hear about all that stuff? Well, it's evil episodes, of course. That's right. So set your DVR to channel 666 and let evil episodes give you the in-depth coverage of the stuff that deserves to be but isn't talked about elsewhere. Evil episodes is a podcasting network. been here for 10 episodes now word to your mother and it's time once again for satan in the news so what the fuck is wrong with oklahoma city (laughs) i mean so they throw a black mass and nobody shows up but protesters and now a man has driven his car into the ten commandments monument at the capitol and destroyed it well the guy said satan told him to do it he left his car at the scene of the crime and proceeded to walk over to the federal building. Of course, the man also said Satan told him to urinate on the wrecked monument, but whether he actually did can neither be confirmed nor denied. If you'll recall, this is the same building where the Satanic Temple had petitioned successfully to have a monument to the devil placed right beside the Ten Commandments memorial. Now, you might think the temple folks would be jumping for joy. You would be wrong. Satanic Temple leader Lucian Greaves, or as we like to call him, Douglas Mesner, Hi, Hi, Douglas. Douglas, has condemned the action as an egregious act of vandalism. In a prepared statement, Greaves said the following, As many are aware, we are seeking to have a satanic monument erected alongside the Ten Commandments, and only alongside the Ten Commandments. We do not want our monument to stand alone. If our monument stands at the state capitol, we want it to complement and contrast the Ten Commandments with both standing unmolested as a testament to American religious freedom and tolerance. We hope that by respecting religious liberty and allowing our monument to be displayed, Oklahoma will help ameliorate any animosity between differing perspectives, not cultivate them. Now, the man who destroyed the memorial was said to be bipolar and had been off his meds for quite a while. Maybe they can refill his prescription while he's in prison. Oh, sick burn, (laughs) America. Well, that's going to do it for the news. Back with sports, Zippy with the weather, and Simon, King of the Witches, after this commercial break. Hi, I'm Steven Seagal. That's right, Steven Seagal. And for the past 40 years, in between barbecuing oxen and roasting boar for my insatiable appetite, I never miss an episode of Dr. Action and the Kick-Ass Kid commentaries. Ain't that right, Johnny? Hi, I'm Dr. Action. Hi, and I'm the Kick-Ass Kid. When I'm not watching action films, I'm usually polishing my gun while looking at a back. And when I'm not watching action films, I'm normally outside with a harpoon killing puppies. But usually, you can find us both watching 80s, 90s action films. You could follow us on Twitter, Dr. Action Kickass. You can find us on our main page, which is DrActionKickass.blogspot.com. 
You can also find this on iTunes and TalkShoe. Yes, every week we do a commentary on an 80s and 90s action classic, and where we can, we also provide the film so that you can watch along with it. This podcast explodes. Hey, where's that baby mama at? I gotta tell you somebody. Hi, I'm Mark. And you know what? I'm Mike. And we're the host of the Hollywood Upside Down podcast. We are the only podcast that looks at the films of Fred Olin Ray and Jim Wynorski exclusively on a year-by-year basis. Every episode, we present the news surrounding the world of these two legendary filmmakers. And we also try to speak with the many people involved with the films we discuss. Speaking of films, we generally talk about three to four films per episode by reviewing and rating them. If you want to find out what those films are, visit our website at hollywoodupsidedown.wordpress. You can download our show via iTunes, Stitcher Smart Radio, by searching for Hollywood Upside Down. So if you're a fan of B-movies and you know you are, you wouldn't be listening to us. Chances are you've seen some of the films of Fred Olin Ray and Jim Wynorski. So why don't you join us from episode to episode and relive some of those favorite movie moments. The moments you'll hear on the Hollywood Upside Down podcast. Honestly, the real reason we watch these films is we love watching boobs. We sure do. Lots of large, small, flappy, flapjacky. No, Mike. No, no, no. Very well-endowed, boisterous, giant, jiggly boobs. Those two. Yes. Simon, King of the Witches, starring Andrew Prime. It's my office to warn you of extreme danger. Story of a modern day warlock, a male witch, an evil spirit. This isn't a human sacrifice, is it? A totally new kind of movie experience, a new kind of high. Moloch reverse. Never have you seen anyone quite like Simon. I'll open this mirror at 133. The precise moment in time when the gods are unable to resist my thrust into their domain. Charge! 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 Simon, King of the Witches, is that once-in-a-lifetime film about witchcraft, black mass, witches' covens, curses, and incantations. About a man who curses the whole establishment when it turns against him, who then in turn destroys him. The evil spirit must choose evil. Go! Go! You gotta do something, man! Everything! Everything's going wrong, man! Oh dear, God's on high. So you push me down a thousand times, I'll climb back up. Ah, uh, yes, a powerful voice. And <laughs> giant cock. Of Andrew Prine, one of the finest actors ever to grace a B-movie in the 1970s. He's still working. What's he been in lately? Uh, he played the right Reverend Jonathan Hawthorne in the unfairly maligned classic The Lords of Salem. You don't want to start this again, X. You really don't. <laughs> yeah, I probably don't. How about we let Simon introduce himself, shall we? My name is Simon. I live in a storm drain. When it rains, most people go in. 
But I go out. Some people call me a warlock. But I really am one of the few true magicians. You know you're in for a weird one when your main character lives in a storm drain. He's like a human non-cannibalistic chud. He's just an ud. Right, but as he says, he really is one of the last great magicians. Now, this doesn't lead to getting along well with others in society. Most people don't choose wizardry as a career path. That's a pity. Yeah. Poor Simon is arrested for loitering, vagrancy, and some bullshit trumped-up charge. While in jail, he meets a blonde-headed hustler named Turk. Now, Turk's a nice kid. He's a little empty-headed. He's idealistic to an extent. In other words, he's a kinder, gentler version of John Voight's character in Midnight Cowboy, which had come out two years prior. He even looks like John Voight to an extent, which is a little odd, because that implies that once upon a time, John Voight was considered sexy. <laughs> Turk is bisexual. He leans towards the females, but that doesn't stop him from making the rounds. Do you think his character is really bi, or is he gay for pay? Uh, well, no, I, I think he is a bisexual character. I say that because even though he's a hustler and he's, you know, he's a little bit dim, he doesn't do or say anything to disparage either gender. So I think he's actually written as meant to be a true bisexual character. Hmm. Um now, it's because of his occupation that Turk knows a dude named Hercules. Now, Hercules is definitely gay. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, he's also a socialite, and he throws crazy parties where everybody shows up. Rich girls, wealthy families, politicians. Turk even says that Hercules has enough influence to get anybody voted mayor. So Turk ends up being Simon's sidekick of sorts. Uh, Simon lets Turk stay in the storm drain with him, and he does magic for him. Turk, in turn, introduces Simon to a whole new social circle, one that's willing to pay for him to do magic. He does tarot readings and sells talismans and just, in general, starts making a decent living. In fact, after a couple of weeks working Hercules' party, Simon's doing pretty well. Uh, he's able to move out of the storm drain and <laughs> come stay with me in my storm drain. <laughs> so we will have a wonderful time. <laughs> he moves out of the storm drain into a, ba a basement apartment where he can set up a proper magical workshop. But there's always a problem. And there are two problems in this case. One is the district attorney. Simon meets Linda, the DA's daughter, at one of Hercules' get-togethers. He is instantly smitten, but the DA is an asshole. In fact, he's cracking down on all the pot dealers and users that constitute a good portion of Simon's clientele. The second problem is that some douche canoe wrote Simon a bad check for a tarot reading. Almost got him kicked out of his apartment. The guy refuses to make the check good, saying that Simon, with his tremendous powers, uh, should have known that was going to happen. Asshole. So Simon goes back to Hercules asking for his money, but there's no way in hell Hercules is going to cover somebody else's marker. Besides, why not go after vengeance? Prove that you are really the king of the witches, or as Simon prefers to be called, a warlock. <laughs> Simon has some issues with pride. Yeah. While he's not incredibly flam flamboyant, if I could say that, um, he still wants to be taken seriously as a badass wizard. So he agrees to kill the guy, but he makes Hercules shoulder part of the blame. 
Enter the floating red dot of doom. <laughs> yeah. You remember that nasty green orb from the heavy metal movie? It's kind of like that, except it's red. And it doesn't talk. It's the laser pointer of the gods. <laughs> yeah, cats would chase that thing off a bridge. And Simon directs that floating red dot of doom to knock a flower pot off a balcony and hit that bad check writing motherfucker directly in the head. Zinnia's deadly weapons. <laughs> now, now, while justice may have been served of a kind, the problem now is that the entire underground knows what Simon did, and they wonder if he can do more. Oh, there is so much to discuss about this movie. I scarce know where to begin. Yeah, I know we both have points we want to hit, but I want to preface everything by saying that the character of Simon was based on a real person. He was. His name is Pope Runyon, and he is the founder of the Church of the Hermetic Sciences. He even has a podcast called The Hermetic Hour. In pagan circles, he is best known for bringing back a focus to scrying, which is using glass or a reflective surface as a mean of divination. Now, back in the 60s and 70s, he was one of the big California religious leaders. There's a direct quote from Runyon. He says, I roamed along the scuzzy side of Hollywood, riding a motorcycle, wearing a black beard, smoking cheroots, and carrying a bottle of wine in a paper sack, telling the witches and hippies that real magic was the ancient art of kings, and their little spells were powerless against it. <laughs> he was a character, but he never lived in a storm drain. Eh, pity that. The thing I really like about this movie is the lack of Hollywood magic. Well, don't get me wrong, there's some, but a lot of the things you see in this movie are pretty accurate. Simon whips out a love spell that, from what we can see of it, seems... Pretty dead on, right up to asking Turk for his effluvium. I've <laughs> heard it called lots of things, but effluvium is not one of them. I mean, semen, cum, jizz, baby gravy, hot mayo, cooter glue, but not effluvium. Simon approaches the quarters correctly, he calls upon the appropriate gods and goddesses, and he basically, on a schedule framework, does everything cooter glue? <laughs> Oh, honey, I got a million of them. Now, Simon does attempt some rites that are, well, advanced. Well, certainly nothing I've ever tried. Simon wants to be a god. And golly, who doesn't? <laughs> but a lot of Simon's magic is geared towards standing amongst the pantheon as a god. And this leads to stuff that might or might not work. Right. One of our favorite parts is when Simon's involved in a sex magic ritual, and he's gently tossing a magical object from hand to hand while muttering, magnetic, charge, electric, <laughs> charge, over and over again. That's great. It's great. It looks like he's trying to charge up a blue glow stick with his magic powers. And then there's the scene where Simon spends a good three or four minutes talking to a tree. I don't mean like ants. I mean just a good, solid oak tree. And he's like, oh, hello, tree. Do you mind if we sit in your shade? <laughs> well, not that there's anything wrong with communing with nature. I mean, you know, there are a lot of traditions within witchcraft that are nature-based. But it does look a little funny, and the tree doesn't talk back. So. <laughs> How long have you been here? Do you come here often? Hey, baby. <laughs> um, Simon seems to have disdain for common magic or low magic. The first time he goes to a Hercules party, he says very clearly, I work for money. It's like he doesn't think it's cool anymore. It's just a job. But the high-level kind of Goetian-style OTO rituals are a big deal. And it seems like 
that's where his pride comes in, and that's really where he becomes undone. Yeah, well, pride and some shitty friends. In a lot of ways, this movie is like an after-school special. <laughs> you know, don't fall in with the wrong crowd. Don't do psychedelic drugs. Don't fall in love with the DA's daughter. Yeah, really, some pretty basic life lessons. Um, <laughs> is there anything else you want to say about this thing, Cootie? Well, also, I mean, kind of along the same lines, talking about Simon's pride, there's a scene in it where he actually um, pays a visit to another local group. Well, it's a coven. Um, and the high priestess comes out, and she's singing. And it's a it's a mix of about, what, two, two women to one man about in that, that group, don't about you that. think? Yeah. yeah, there was probably, what, 12 to 15 people, I guess, maybe. Yeah, two girls for every boy. It was the Surf City Coven. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> but during the ritual, which Simon is just standing in the back of the room watching, during the ritual, um, the men are told to get on their knees and they're blindfolded while the women continue on with the working in, in the ritual. And Simon gets pissed. And he, like, grabs a broom and, like, pounds the handle onto the floor and commands the men to stand up. And then he and the high priestess get in this pissing contest where she's like, kneel. And he's like, stand. And she says, kneel. <laughs> they go back and forth for like five minutes. But uh, yeah, Simon took great issue with the men being subjugated in the ritual like that. And that was interesting. Well, I, yeah, the thing that fascinates me about that is to me, a lot of witchcraft is very, um, female-oriented. Well, I, well, I don't know if it was designed to crush the patriarchy, which in some ways it certainly should be, but I, I don't know. You, you meet a lot more women who claim to be witches than you do men, at least I have. Mm -hmm. Which is cool, because I think men classically, classically, they, they do, they rule Christianity. My God, if you don't have a woman under submission, you better order one from a fucking catalog because <laughs> you need that to be in any kind of good standing. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> it's just weird. But yeah, I've always wondered why men didn't take a more active role in in those nature-based religions and within a coven um, mm -hmm. setting. I think that, well, I mean, if you take into consideration um, when the, the modern... Uh, well, just Wicca, really, when you take into consideration when Wicca was born. The 50s. Um, yeah. <laughs> and when it started gaining popularity, I mean, there, women were trying to get out from under that. They were trying to gain a voice. They were trying to, to, to gain some power and keep up that momentum. Right. And certainly Wicca provided an outlet for that. So I, I, I tend to say this a lot, but I really think that this movie is a really nice snapshot of that, of that point in time. Mm -hmm. You know, the 60s had just ended. You still had some hippies kind of wandering about, like, you know, after you've wiped out the town of zombies and there's still, like, three or four out there on the, out there in the pastures. <laughs> just kind of staggering. Just about. kind of staggering around, <laughs> shuffling through town, begging for weed. What yeah. do I do now? <laughs> so you know, the hippies are done. It's 1971. Fucking Glenn Campbell has his own TV show. Bobby Goldsboro is at the top of the charts. The fuck do we do now? We go <laughs> underground and we start, you know, doing stuff like this. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, again, if you want to know what the '70s were like, and I don't mean 
fucking Three's Company. I mean, what was really going on on the underground? There you go. Here's Simon King of the Witches to show you that. Hey, that could work, though. You think we could get some kind of mashup between Three's Company and Simon King of the Witches? Like, Yeah, we could. Dude, we could totally do that. Yeah. yeah Simon, two chicks, and the landlord thinks that they're Mormon missionaries? <laughs> Come and knock on our door, indeed. Um... Oh, wow. Well, um, <laughs> that seems like a good time to take a break. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. All right. When we come back, well, you know, questions and answers and the greatest game since professional sports ball, drinking with the devil. Howdy, folks. Like blood, violence, freaks and nature. you come to the right place. My name is Gary, and I'm your guide to Cinnamon Beef Podcast. Every episode, we not only deliver film reviews, we also dismantle some of your favorite and most hated films, sometimes for the better and sometimes for the worse. Hey, 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 you shut your face! If we want to hear you talk, I will shove my arm up your ass and work your mouth like a puppet! All right, calm down, calm down. Every show I hope to have a new co-host, podcasters, listeners alike. That's right, I'm talking to you people. I take all comers. You're slapped. That's not very nice. The only rules, well, let's ask the best cooler in the business. All you have to do is follow three simple rules. One, never underestimate your opponent. Expect the unexpected. Two, take it outside. Never start anything inside the bar unless it's absolutely necessary. Three, be nice. So join the insanity and please vent your frustrations. I'm available on TalkShoe, iTunes, and Stitcher Smart Radio. Remember, here at the Sun Beef Podcast, if you got beef, I've got the grinder. Banana laser promo, take one. Hey guys, it's Wazell and Z here. Yeah, we're just uh kicking back in the laser lounge right now taking a break from uh, what we normally do to tell you all about our show Banana Laser uh, we're just here for sick fucks like ourselves that love horror movie and just yeah fuck the Banana Laser podcast it's uh, everything <laughs> <laughs> oh, why? and um you know it's for sick fucks like ourselves <laughs> so if you like salty commentary <laughs> and skewed views, foul mouth skewed views, and look, uh, we're terrible at this. I'm fucked up too. I, I, we I, are I, terrible. <laughs> oh my. God. All, All right, forget it. Fuck it. Uh, you can find Banana Laser at horophilia.com. Check us out on Facebook. Join our Facebook group. Follow us on Twitter, Banana Laser Show. Look us up on YouTube, Banana Lasers, everywhere, iTunes, Stitcher Radio. Look us up so you can join us. Welcome back, Acolytes. You've heard us discussing Simon, King of the Witches, and now it's time for us to play three questions. These are the questions we ask about every movie we consume on your behalf. 
to help you decide whether or not you want to spend your time doing what we do. Which, let's face it, is pretty easy. <laughs> Indeed. Mm-hmm. So, question one. Is this truly a witch movie? Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Probably one of the best witch movies. I agree. It's one of my favorites. We watch this movie, like, what, once every couple of months, probably? Yeah, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, it cuts through the bullshit. I mean, he's not... I mean, yeah, there's some parts where he's, like, fucking walking through mirrors and turning on streetlights with his mind and stuff like that, but he's not getting into a magic wand battle with anybody in a public restroom. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) there's it it takes its subject very seriously and treats it with a decent amount of respect, and I really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so question two. On a scale of one to six, how many devil horns do you give Simon, King of the Witches? I'm going to go... Oh, shit. Da, 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 five. Yeah? I'm going five only because there are some structural problems with the movie. The editing is choppy um, to me, so a lot of things feel rushed and... It's episodic, and some things never get fully wrapped up. You don't always understand Simon's motivation for his actions, and I think that some better editing... There's some stuff that was left on the cutting room floor that should have stayed in. Yeah, dude. It doesn't need to be lean and mean. It need it, This needed to be a little bit fatter. Um, so I'm going to give it a five just for that. There was more story there that I think probably got filmed and then got lost. Which is sad. I would love to see like a you know uncut director's cut version of that movie. Yeah, me that too. would be fantastic. Uh, yeah, I'll give it a five too. Nice. Yep. Finally, question three: uh, Why should our listeners watch this movie, or should they? Yes, you should definitely watch this movie. <laughs> yeah, man. Absolutely. It's a lot of fun, you know. And if nothing else, just to see. Um, What's his face? The Simon. What's the actor's name again? Andrew Prine. Andrew Prine. Because he's very attractive. And he's got his 70s on big time. Got the tight jeans and, and the, the feathered the, hair. The Scooby-Doo ascot. Yeah, man. Yeah, he's so. rocking. <laughs> yeah, absolutely watch this movie. It's, 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 a, it's a load of fun. And, you know, how often do you get to see someone call upon the god Poseidon? It's pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah. So, as all our listeners know, we don't smoke, and we don't chew, and we don't cotton to those who do. But you will sure as shit belly up to the bar with you if you're the drinking kind. So if you're watching a movie and drinking a liquid of some kind, how about you drink and watch along with us? We like to watch. (laughs) <laughs> it's time for Drinking with the Devil, America's favorite drinking game. So while you're enjoying Simon King of the Witches, drink when you see these things happen. Drink whenever you see titties. Because <laughs> you're gonna. <laughs> I think that should just be a life rule. <laughs> you know, it doesn't even have to be just in general. Are you seeing titties? My God. Drink. <laughs> drink. <laughs> I'm for it. Drink whatever Simon uses an arcane magical term that you never hear in common everyday conversation. <laughs> That's quite a bit also. Yeah. Drink every time Simon rages at the gods. Drink whenever Turk makes a sly, I might be gay, I might not look. 
you'll know it when you see it. Just, just drink, damn it. <laughs> He's furtive. <laughs> and finally, our Grandmaster Challenge. Drink whenever someone says the word man. Like, come on, Simon, man. You got to do this for me, man. <laughs> Jesus, titty fucking Christ, Cootie. What are you trying to do? Are you trying to kill all of our active listeners? <laughs> Fuck them if they can't keep up. <laughs> now, now, we never condone underage drinking or alcohol abuse, but the incontrovertible fact remains. They have always, always worked, worked for us. <laughs> all right. Well, now it's time for us to talk to you because you talked to us. And really, what kind of rude fuckers would we be if we didn't answer back? It's time for Ask the Goat. I send you a love letter. Straight from my heart, fucker. You know what a love letter is? It's a bullet from a fucking gun, fucker. You receive a love letter from me. You're fucked forever. Time to rummage about in the monstrous mailbag. Rummage, rummage. Rummage, rummage, rummage. rummage. Okay, here we go. Jerry Esposito wants to know, what are some of your favorite non-devil horror movies, and why? Oh, 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 the list is long. Let's both pick two. Oh, that's a good idea, X. I, okay, I'm not going to go with the normal answers. Everybody's like, oh, like, no. Um, Event Horizon scared the living shit out of me but I saw it in the theater. And that's more of a science fiction kind of horror movie. Um, why am I explaining this? If you haven't seen Event Horizon by now, stop listening to me. Go watch it. Go watch that fucking movie. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Um, so Event Horizon is really high on my list. It also has Sam Neill, who's just creepy as shit mm-hmm. in everything he does, like even comedies. It doesn't matter. He's, <laughs> he's creepy Sam he's Neill. Creepy Sam Neill. Um, so I'm going to go with Event Horizon and also the American remake of The Ring, which I know a lot of people did not like, but it worked for me and kept me awake for two days because I was too afraid to sleep. Fuck yeah, I liked that. Actually, I've had nightmares with Samara in it. <laughs> yeah, so... Scary good, shit. Good choices. Um, I have two pretty vastly different movies from two very different time frames in America cinema. Um, my first pick would be uh, Vincent Price's Last Man on Earth. Damn, yes. Yeah, which is not like, it's it's an old black and white classic movie. I mean, it's fucking Vincent Price at his prime. Um, if you haven't seen it, go see it. They made that shitty remake based on that story with... Um, What's his face? What was the name of the remake they did on that recently? Well, they've done three or with four. With Will Smith. Yeah, I Am Legend is what. I Am Legend. Uh, yeah. Um, if you've seen I Am Legend, but you haven't seen The Last Man on Earth, that's a shame. Go watch it? that now. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's chilling and it's, it, you know, it's really a beautiful commentary on society in general, but, and, you know, Vincent Price. So what more do I need to say there? Um, and then my second one is was made a few years back and it was, you know, a pretty new take on the zombie movie genre. And that's Shaun of the dead. Yay. It's, it's gruesome. It's gross. It's sad in parts. And it is fucking funny from start to finish. They will make you cry in one sequence and turn around at the, the very next breath and make you laugh your ass off. 
And for that, I just absolutely love that film. Very nice. And it's, it, it is probably one of the most quotable movies um, ever in the yeah. history of ever. <laughs> yeah, and we quote it a lot. In this we do. <laughs> Here's one thing that's funny. I know that if, I know that listeners to the show realize how much Cootie and I just love Italian movies. Uh, the Last Man on Earth was actually shot in Italy with a predominantly Italian cast and crew. Um, <laughs> Richard Matheson, the guy who wrote the novel that it's based on, wrote part of the script and then got pissed <laughs> and had his and took his name off it, put a fake name on there. Really? But anyway, yeah, so The Last Man on Earth essentially is an Italian film with Vincent Price. That's funny. I did not know that about that movie. There you go. That's fantastic. All right. Next question. My Scottish brother, Duncan McLeish, asks this question. Name an actor who has never played the devil that you think could pull in an iconic performance as Satan and why? He throws in a hearty hail Satan in there to top things off. Damn, Dunks. It's a good question. Uh, shit. What do you think, Cutie? You got one yet? Um, I would like to see a woman play Satan because we don't get enough of that. I mean, that fucking bedazzled remake with what's her face in it was, that was all right. With Elizabeth Hurley? Yeah. Yeah, she was fun. Yeah. She wasn't bad. But I'm thinking, I mean, if we could get like, let's do fucking Juliette Lewis. She is just crazy fucking, just fuck balls nuts. I could see her running around playing Satan. That could be fun. Of course, she'd probably fucking kill the whole world. And Oh, my God. That's fantastic. <laughs> wow. That makes me proud to be married to you. That's great. <laughs> okay. Okay, I could see it. You say Juliette Lewis. I'm going to go with Cillian Murphy. Cillian Murphy? Yeah. No, the guy who played the Scarecrow in the Batman, Nolan's Batman movies. Oh, dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's creepy. He is creepy. He's got those. He's got those eyes and that and that voice. Where if he just went straight, if, if he just went full Lucifer, you would never forget that shit. He would be great. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, that's a good one. I, th- I think that would be my choice. Either that or either Cillian Murphy or Michael Anderson from from Twin Peaks and Carnival because. Just having a dancing midget as Satan, or, or a dancing little person as Satan, would scare the fuck out of everybody. I don't want that. Yeah, you, you no. say you don't, but you do. You really, I really don't want that. I don't want that. That's scary. <laughs> <laughs> you give me nightmares. <laughs> Stop it! No, no. Let's let's move on to the next question, shall we? (laughs) Joseph Nance is pissy, and he wants to know, why are we expected to ask our questions about the devil of you? Are you a sort of advocate for his unholiness? Are we merely a fan club for some sort of Stygian secretary? I like this question because it makes us sound like Paul Heyman. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Paul Heyman, and I am the advocate for the beast. Regardless, 
We've always said you could ask us anything. We don't give a shit what the question is. We'll answer it. You people are the ones who keep asking us devil questions. Find a young priest and an old priest. No, we'll keep answering devil questions. That's fine. By all means, let us be your spiritual and moral bastions of strength. Yeah, because we're just the people that do that. (laughs) Um, Our last question for this episode comes from Mike Stewart, and I feel like shit. Uh, because he asked this question weeks ago, and it slipped through the cracks. Totally my fault. So let's give this question the special attention it deserves. Mike wants to know, why are goats associated with Satan? <laughs> well, that's a fantastic question, Mike. And the simple answer is, we don't know. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. No, that's not fair. Like deserves a solid, honest answer. And honestly, and solidly, it's the horns. Satan has always been described as a being with horns. It's an inhuman trait and one that somehow works well with evil beings. You can also tangentially associate it with the Jewish tradition of the scapegoat. That's where the leaders of the tribes would symbolically place all of the sins of their people onto the head of a goat, making it tainted, evil. Then the priests of the tribe would chase the goat out of the camp, banishing it, taking the evil away from the people, cleansing them of their sins, and essentially they were casting out Satan. Things weren't helped when the Church of Satan adopted Baphomet as one of their symbols. Baphomet is really a yin-yang figure, a horn deity with both male and female parts. On one arm, Baphomet wears the Latin word salve, which means separate, And on the other arm is the word coagula, which means together. Baphomet is meant to be a symbol of balance. But when the Church of Satan appropriated Baphomet as one of their symbols in 1969, which just so happens to be the year I was born, it became known as an international symbol of evil. Another name for the traditional artistic rendition of Baphomet is the Goat of Mendez, again, because of the horns. So goats who are not satanic, although they're not real popular in Mosaic law, and the Baphomet, who is not satanic, are now both associated with Satanism just because a couple of guys said so. (laughs) Is it really just that easy? Because if it is, I would like to associate all of the Beatles with Satanism. See, I'm going to throw CNC Music Factory into that mix. We'll make you damned. (laughs) In fact... Let's heave Alec Baldwin in there, that flappy-jowled motherfucker. Now you're the devil. Thank you so much. Yeah, how about this? Mike Murphy is Satan. That's how easy this is. Badasses, boobs, and Baphomet. Run away screaming, kids. (laughs) This is fun. I like this. I do, too. Now it's over. Oh. It's all right, cutie. We've done good work here. (laughs) Well, now the time has come, the co-host said, to talk of many things. Shoes and ships and sealing wax. Cabbages and kings. But let's talk about our website first. (laughs) Yeah, that seems right. Please check out our Kiss the Goat website, which is where we not only keep a backup archive of our episodes, but that's where you can find our Wear the Goat web store. What better way to celebrate Christmas than with the devil? Wouldn't your mother-in-law love a Beelzebaby t-shirt? Or maybe your pastor would like a Baphomet is my co-pilot bumper sticker. He might be a Unitarian. He'd get a kick out of that shit. (laughs) So check us out at kissthegoat at weebly.com. If you're just in it for the free shows, then maximize your time. 
We're found on the Horrorphilia Network because we're awesome. Uh, the other podcasts on this network, also awesome. You've heard some promos from folks who podcast on this network with us. Their shows are hilarious, informative, and better than Colitis Interruptus. <laughs> you can find all the Horrorphilia podcasts on iTunes, which means you can find us on iTunes, which means there's no excuse for you not to leave us a big, fat, awesome review in the iTunes store. We used to have record stores. They smelled like vinyl and dragon's blood incense. Now we have iTunes, which smells like data streams and the rotting corpses of new U2 albums. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll take what we can get, though. So leave us a review, and we'll be really grateful for it. Also, if you'd like us to answer one of your questions on our Ask the Goat segment, then you should ask us a question. You can send us a message at our evil email, which is thegoatofmadness at gmail.com, or you can do the more awesomer thing and join our Facebook group. Hit us up at facebook.com slash groups slash kiss the goat. We're there a lot. A, a lot. <laughs> you can leave us a question there and you can get to know our loyal listeners, the acolytes, better than you wanted to know anyone you happen to actually roofie. Are we done? Yeah, we're done. On the next episode, we'll be back to the normal swing of things, talking about Celluloid Satan, the devil on film. That's my favorite Duran Duran song. (laughs) Stop it. Why do you sing? I can't help it. I drink. I sing. (laughs) We haven't even proven you're Scottish yet. Oh, genealogy.com says maybe. (laughs) Well, cootie.com says it's time to leave these nice people alone. Satan on film. Get your goat hearts. Satan on film. At least you guys get the bug out. I'm stuck with him the rest Satan of the night. On film. Get your goat I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, we're leaving now. <laughs> All this I'm... thing uh, somewhere else. All right. <laughs> I, I'm Cootie. <laughs> I'm Joseph Nance is ig- in what the fuck is that word? Indignant. Indignant. Let me try that again. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm giving you a shit load to uh, edit out tonight. Indignant. 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 Okay. Joseph Nance is indignant. I still did that wrong, didn't I? No. Oh. Give me a synonym. Pissy. Okay, I can do pissy. <laughs> okay, sorry. Do you want to count, or do you care? Yeah, give me a count on this. Okay. <laughs> sorry. Five, four, three. Joseph Nance is pissy, and he wants to know, why are we expected to ask our questions about the devil of you, 
Are you a sort of advocate for his unholiness? Are we merely a fan club for some sort of Stygian secretary? It's Stygian. Damn it. Stygian? What the fuck does that mean? (laughs) Reference to the River Styx. Stygian. Stygian. Okay. Now what I'm going to (laughs) do. I'm going to replace pissy or place indignant with pissy. And I'm going to phonetically spell out Stygian. Stygian, right? Yes. Okay. I'll do another count. (laughs) This whole thing, and I have trouble with this, this one thing. Okay. Five, four, three, 